are now locked in and listening to The Issue. This guy is a franchise quarterback, and no, I don't want to hear any pushback on that. It, it feels like a top 10 roster to me. It feels like it can win a championship. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. It is Friday, June 17th, and we have another great episode here for you today. Absolutely loaded. Uh, In the first segment, we're going to have hits and misses and a rant from Tim like normal on safeties. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick just got paid by the Steelers. We're going to give you our thoughts on that in the first segment. Coming out of the first, going into the second, it's going to be all Jake Kuffman. He stopped by the show. We have a fantastic interview lined up in the second segment. Don't go anywhere. You're going to love that. Uh, And then in the third, we're going to wrap it up with the top five winners and the top five losers. I think top three now. Top three. That's my bad. Top three winners, top three losers of the NFL offseason. Who won, who lost, and a little bit of why. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Um, Yeah, it's just so much much better on Zoom, you know, being able to have guests on Zoom. I just think the conversation is just way better than a phone. A phone call feels too – every now and then a phone call is cool, you know what I mean? Um, but overall, I think it feels more question, answer, question, answer than it is like just flow in um, discussion, hanging out. You know what I mean? It just flows a little bit better on Zoom. I know what you mean. I feel like when you talk on the phone, it's a little bit more robotic, uh, if you will. Like, it's more kinda, st- structured, you know what yeah. I mean? Because there's no visual cues. There's no – right. I don't know, just more comfortable I don't know. I, I when you're looking at somebody. The visual cues from like a Zoom and, and an in-person interview, even both, uh, it, it gives you – more depth to it i feel like a little more uh personality which is always good to have i agree but um without further ado let's get right into it to start the day with our usual hits and misses so i had to fix the hat there understood um i just hate when the hair pops out of the little thing can't have that my hair's not super long right now so it's not slicking back quite as well anyway (laughs) back to what you came here for not fashion advice um so hit number one i said from the very beginning i do think that I don't know if Kenny Pickett's going to be the best quarterback from this class. I don't know if any of them are going to work out. I don't know if he'll be successful, etc. But I, had, I did say that he's not going to have to win shootouts. This defense is fantastic. What do you know? They go out and sign another key piece, make a Fitzpatrick. And, and here's one thing. Um, we'll get into how I feel about the deal later. But at the end of the day, whatever they're paying him per year, are you going to find another guy or even two guys that it's going to be that big of a factor? And it's going to replace? No. But at the end of the day, you need safety. or you, well, you, need, you need just... Secondary in general, yeah. So you, you what, need a what, plethora of what, talent there. What guy or two guys are you going to get to be able to replace the value of Minka? Not I, that, exactly. Not anybody so, realistic, right? And so I said, Kenny's not going to have to win shootouts. That's for sure. Now that they, uh, you know, have extended Minka, so he'll be there. I think the next what six years now. Like the five-year extension. I think he had one more year left. So I think, it's, I think it's six or seven years, whatever. All right, miss number one here. I did not expect Baker to go to Carolina, and well, I mean, he hasn't gone there yet. Um, but swirling rumors uh, that that discussions, trade discussions, they're heating up. Like they're heating up big time. Uh, Carolina's looking to get Baker. I didn't think it'd be a great fit because I think Carolina's not rebuilding, but I think Baker's more of a bridge guy. And I think Carolina should be in a position to not try to lose a lot of games, but. To, Baker's too good for you to go in. I don't even like Baker. But I think Baker's too good for you to go in there and win five games and get a good pick for next year. I think he's too good for that. I think he'll go in and win seven or eight, and they'll be drafting somewhere around 
14 or 15. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, like maybe, right maybe, maybe, maybe 12. About 12, 12, which is fine. You can still trade up and get one of the better quarterbacks. I understand them wanting him there. I think I think for them it would be better to see what Darnold can do again, see what um, Matt Corral can do maybe, let P.J. Walker take a game, whatever it may be, win five games, have the sixth pick next year, yeah. and go from there. I agree. Or you put Corral in, he pops, and we go with it. You know what I mean? I thought those were the two options. Um, but, you know, rumor has it, story out today, that Baker, that, that discussion of trade is heating up. Hit number two, uh, I think I said this, I don't know, like three months ago, that the Avalanche are far and away the best team in hockey. Oh, yeah. Well, they're in the cup again. Well, no, against the Lightning, who are again in the cup. There it is. Yeah, the, the, the Lightning are looking for, what, a three-peat? A three-peat in Tampa. Um, no. That'd be pretty impressive. It, I, see, I, the Avalanche are just so good, though. Well, it would be really cool to see. I'm pulling for the Avalanche. I've liked them for, oh, gosh, like four years. I've been telling people, like, they've no, been the, building the, this core. The, the Avalanche are building. Just watch. Just watch. And this is finally the year that they pop. So to see them here, I, I mean, feels about right. I expected as much coming about four years down the line, right? Right. So it's here. I, I think they got Tampa here. I don't know. I mean, I, I agree. I think I think the Avs are my pick to win it. Here's something pick. I will say, though. I think either way I'll be happy. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to get stale or you know, I'm going to get tired of um, of Tampa winning. Here's my thing. No matter what we do, we're going to see history, right? I don't even yeah. know if the Avs have ever won a cup. Off the top of my head, I don't think they have. Um, maybe they have, but it's been a long time if they have. So you're going to see some sort of history. Either the Avs break a drought yeah. or they you know, win the first one or... Tampa goes on a three P. Like I think either way it's not that bad of a scenario, right? I think no. I think it's interesting. It's a good story either way. Either way. I want to talk about it. Right. As yeah. a fan, as long as it's a good series, because I'm gonna watch it. And um I, I went through a little period where I wasn't even feeling like watching hockey after the pens lost. I think I'm kinda out of that now. You I'm gonna watch some playoff hockey, right? I've been mm-hmm. watching even playoff basketball. Just anything playoffs, the urgency, the intensity, I love it. There is a period of mourning after your team loses in the city of Pittsburgh. So had to take a, like a brief month off. We're back now though. We got we got the NHL. Especially after a three one lead. Don't lose that's I don't a, even want to talk that, about that it. That makes us sound too much like Atlanta. Um, I don't even want to talk about it. Um, okay, so uh, miss number two. I didn't love the Watson move for Cle- uh, you know to Cleveland to begin with, but I at least thought it was an upgrade. But at the end of the day, I was like, ah, like civil suits, they should be okay. And that was when it was like, that was when it was like eight of them, and then it was like more like, like sixteen of them. Well, I said that, but you know, before he even got sign of the, the, the Browns. I was like, yeah, it's not that many. You should be okay. And then they kept adding and adding. By the time he gets to the Browns, it's like 22. And I was like, not not a huge fan, but at the end of the day, he's better than Baker. He'll be suspended for a little bit. He'll come back. You know, will he have to sacrifice 10 games? Sure. In the long run, is he going to be a good quarterback that I'm going to have to worry about as a Steeler fan for a while? Yes. Now it's looking like he might never play football again. And I... Now... now partial little hit here i did say i don't think deshaun will ever play football again i did, did say that as soon as soon as these um as soon as the allegations grew to like what uh, whenever they came out whenever like all of them came out or whatever i said i don't think i'll play football again I, I, I don't well when 23 and 24 came out i almost knew for certain you can roll them out for this year yeah um, I, and I, I don't know what, what the nfl is delaying on suspend them for the year what are we doing this is just bad optics for the league. Yeah, yeah. Why are you letting this, this hang be, around? Like, for this so should be long. a no-brainer. 
This should be a no-brainer. This should have been wrapped up, week and a half, done. But the only no, thing, you've let it stew for a month. The only investigation there should be is into what the Texans' role was in, with it. Right, was. because then we you, know look what, in, you look into them paying for the 66 private massages, and it starts to raise some eyebrows. Getting him, getting him rooms, hotel rooms, getting him uh, NDA, non-disclosure agreements. Like, printed out forms that these a therapist at the sign saying nothing that happens in this room leaves this room basically binding like a contract saying that that, that which is ridiculous. extremely shady extremely the shady first extremely. of all extremely not to you know make fun of victims or anything but if I walked into a room and someone asked me to sign something I'm leaving I'm walking out yeah but anyway not the point I think the only investigation that should be happening is the Texans involvement we know what Deshaun did yeah. we don't need to we don't need to investigate that no we don't need to keep like looking into that, let, let's go into like the deeper, more you know, maybe partially, parts. yeah, more disturbing. Even I don't know. Um, okay, um, hit number three. I've always said Washington is a dysfunctional mess, as in the Commanders. I don't. The whole name change thing was baffling to me. I mean, who cares? Really? Like, can we can we move on from that? Like, they they donated a lot of money to Native American tribes, foundations, etc. They got permission from somebody whenever they first changed the name. They got permission from a a chief or a somebody within the community right yes move on anyway they changed the name but anyway and then their defensive coordinator goes out and voices an opinion whether you agree with it or not and they go turn around and find him for a hundred thousand dollars what a joke of an organization yeah it's an absolute joke i don't care what you think about anything but to get fined a hundred g's for making a statement is just ridiculous they create that's drama ridiculous there. they create they love drama. it they love it they love it you know why? Because the drama sells, and it's Washington, so... It's ridiculous, and I think Ron Rivera might be the most overrated coach in football. I really do. If Cam Newton wasn't... didn't have one of the best single seasons for a dual-threat quarterback in NFL history, he doesn't even sniff a Super Bowl appearance. Not one. So I think he's overrated. Um, number three. Uh, miss number three here. Uh, Tennessee was my pick for the um, college baseball, uh, like World Series, right? Yeah. Number one overall seed, number one in the nation. I mean, just kind of steamrolling through everybody. Well, Notre Dame is a really, really sound baseball team. Um, they're, they're just really gritty. They they outwork you. They out-hustle you. They outsmart you. You might be more talented, but you'll find a way to lose the game against Notre Dame, or I guess Notre Dame will find a way to win. Really, really impressive teams like that, for Notre way. Dame, but UT was my pick. Didn't end up working out. Whatever. I'm excited to go watch a, a game or two in Omaha. That'll be good. You better throw something up there. I want to see. I'm excited. What's going on? I'm very excited. Uh, I think I might run on the field. Why not? Can we start putting like money on and bets on stuff that you're going to do? If it rains, I'm running on the field during the Randola. Are you going to... No, you won't. You won't have turned by then. So I you, will have. You will have? I will have. Oh, well, then that's perfect because then you can throw some scratch on those games. I'm excited. Um, are you allowed to bet on college, though? Oh, wait, no, never mind. You can't do that. Yeah, it's illegal. Never well, mind. whatever. Wipe that. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so I guess I won't bet on that, but, uh, you know, I'll bet on the Steelers' defense being pretty good, so let's move into that. So let's switch to um, to more local news, right? The Steelers. Um, pretty big news today. Was that? Yeah, it was earlier today. I don't know. Um, depending on when you guys are listening to this, um, it is Wednesday, so early Wednesday, right? Minka. Fitzpatrick of the Steelers gets signed. I think it was four years, seventy-three Huge. and a half million or something Huge. like that. I absolutely love it. So important. Um, I love the player. I love Minka. I'm not sure how to feel about the deal, right? So, I, I, generally speaking, I'm like, ah, do we pay safety a lot? Like, like for example, Chicago is a, is, a, is an organization that I would never want to be. I mean, when's the last time they had a franchise quarterback? 
I'd argue maybe never. Right? I mean, some people say like Sid Luckman. I don't even know who that. I think he was wearing a leather helmet. Right? You know what I mean? So they haven't had a, a franchise no guy in so mask. long. Right. And they pay a lot of money to safety and linebacker. Right? And we're seeing how that goes. Um, but then again, you turn around. And so, so like the Broncos with Justin Simmons, um, one of their franchise safeties. Really solid player. I don't think they regret the deal at all. Um, a really, really solid player. Kind of the anchor of the defense back there. Like, without him, there, there's young corners like Sertan and, and company, right? So he's kind of the anchor, the veteran, right? Good move for them. I think he's worth the money. I go back and forth, right? So I'm like, I, so who are the top 10 paid safeties, right? It's like Simmons uh, from the Broncos, Eddie Jackson of Chicago, like I mentioned, Buda Baker, Jimmy Ward, Jordan or Jordan Jesse Bates, sorry, Jesse Bates, Jordan Poyer, um, Ray Sean Jenkins, I think his name is. He's from the from the Jaguars. I, I have a feeling they're not loving that deal, considering I've never heard of him. Um, Jamal Adams and Derwin James. Like I said, I'm not sure how to feel about that because I think about four or five. I go with half of them. I think are pretty happy with the deal, right? Like I, th- I think Denver is pretty happy today. I think Arizona with Buda Baker is pretty pretty happy. Um, he's more of a more of a stronger safety, right? A lot of tackles, tackles for loss, etc. Um, I would argue that I don't think San Francisco hates it, but I, I don't think they love it either. With Jimmy Ward, I think they might be stuck here in about a year or so. So we'll wait and see. I think the the Bengals are happy with Bates. I think the Bills are happy with Poyer, and I think the um, Chargers are about half happy with Derwin James. Right when he's on the field, he's terrific. Just only on the field for like nine games a year, right, on average. Something like that, nine or ten games a year. When he's there, fantastic. And then you look at the other ones. Eddie Jackson with Chicago. I mean, they're not paying their quarterback anything, and they couldn't keep their other best corner, I guess their best corner, last year. This year they couldn't keep Khalil Mack or Allen Robinson. You're not paying your quarterback anything. Yeah. Nothing. You're paying it to Eddie Jackson in the secondary. He's a fine player, but... Are we serious? Um, like I said, I think San Francisco, in about a year, they're not going to be very happy with it. Like I said, I don't think the Jags are happy with I, I think his name's Ray Sean. I could be totally wrong. Jenkins. Don't think they're happy with him. And I don't think Seattle's happy with, with Jamal Adams. Right? They were on a very upward trajectory. And then about two, two and a half years ago now, they go out and get Jamal Adams. And, I mean, does that look like the same team to you? They, they just lost your franchise quarterback. Because you couldn't pay for a left tackle because you know where your money was? Safety. One of the other top 15 paid safeties is Quandre Diggs, who's right in the same defensive backfield as Jamal Adams. Why would you pay two safeties top 15? That makes no sense to me whatsoever. None. None at all. Um, so back to Minka. Back to Minka. Like I said, I, I'm not sure exactly how to feel. Let's, let's compare some stats. So I picked who I think are the other two best safeties in football right now. And I'm not talking DBs in general. Right, this is excluding cornerbacks, and uh, so it's just safeties. Right, it doesn't matter strong or free. Same thing. Right, I mean, well, not same thing, but so Minka gets about zero point two seven picks a game. We'll go all per game because they all played total different to, different total games. Right, Minka about point seven picks a game, five and a half um, tackles per game, five fumble recoveries in his career. Justin Simmons is zero point two three picks per game. About a ta- uh, about five tackles a game and only one recovery for his career. Buda Baker, on the other hand, doesn't have almost he has like no picks. He's like .064 picks per game, seven tackles a game though, five fumble recoveries as well. So I said, does it stack up? 
Uh, it's, so if you made me choose right now, I'd probably say, yeah, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with it. I, I mean, I mentioned earlier, Kenny Pickett doesn't have to win shootouts anymore. Or I mean, not anymore, but I, we expected him to have to come in and not win shootouts. Fantastic defense, TJ Watt. I think um, the addition of Miles Jack and Brian Flores in the coaching staff, along with Devin Bush with another year under his belt, especially adding Flores to the to being able to coach him up, right? I think that the linebacking core is going to be much improved. You lose to it, but he was only playing like five games a year anyway. You still have Hayward. I mean, I think Highsmith's a good edge rusher opposite TJ Watt. Secondary, DB-wise, right, like corner-wise, is a little shaky. So I think you have to lock up Minka. Who else is in your secondary if not? Um, so I've gone back and forth. I said that's a lot of money to pay safety. It's a lot of money to pay safety, and you keep seeing it backfire, like a lot. Right, yeah. you, you see it backfire a lot. And I don't want that to be the Steelers. But like I said, who else are you going to pay in the in the defensive backfield? I mean, on the Steelers, I can't think of anybody that I would immediately go out and want to spend money on today in that in that set of DBs other than Minka. Um, he's the most productive. We've seen him change games. Uh, we've we've seen him with those timely interceptions. Did he have a lot of them this past year? No. It was a down year, and he still had. Top 10 stats. Right. He's he's so important to the back end of that defense, almost as important, I would say maybe even equally, as a TJ Watt to the front uh, of that defense and, and the pass like the front rush. seven, right. Um, so I do like the signing. I am worried and kind of treading with caution because of, you know, the stats that we have in front of us, the visual proof that we've seen in the NFL for the last, I mean, how many years? Five to six. I mean, well, you could probably argue longer, but since we've been actually paying attention, probably like five or six. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's not a great trend for... Um, it's not great, right? Look at all the like the big contracts. Like, they gave Adams that massive extension. And it makes ask, sense. Like, ask Seattle how they're feeling right now. Yeah. Like, he's a chandelier in a warehouse. Like, there's nobody, I mean... Yeah, I mean, at some point, it comes time to re-sign people, and you know, when, when you have the money tied up in the wrong places, uh, you're going to have to kind of budget in other things right but, um we're gonna get into the second segment here with uh our cuffman interview jay cuffman you guys are gonna love it here he is all right we're sitting down with jay cuffman lucky enough to for him to take some time out of his day to come talk to me here so um drafted 2003 14th round of the buccos uh and you did mention you roomed with neil walker for a time period we'll get to that um played for five six years had some nasty stuff currently in the pine richland organization kind of giving back coaching he's a butler graduate for those local people jake how you doing man good man how are you thanks for having me absolutely we appreciate you especially on zoom it's just so much better, so much easier, uh, more realistic conversation. Um, right. So right. we'll start with some of the more, you know, quote unquote serious questions, and then we'll move into, you know, room with Neil and some other fun things, right? right so for I, sure. I think baseball right now, especially in the MLB, it's too boomer bust for, to me at the dish. I, I know you were a pitcher um, and, and you played for so long, right? Maybe not in the minors, but from start to finish, right? Travel right. ball, high school, minors, right? Um, I, I think baseball is so much more fun with base runners, more cat and mouse as opposed to the strikeout or home run. What are your thoughts on that and the direction of baseball in general? Um, personally, I you know I just we just talked about this the other day. I just talked to somebody about this. I, I honestly I hate it. Um, I think the guys that for like for me I'm more pitching focused, um, but 
I think for me, like the guys that throw 88 with the sinker, those guys are disappearing. Um, I always think about um, like Kevin Brown. I mean, Kevin Brown threw a little bit harder, but um, Derek Lowe and, and those type of arms, um, those those kind of players are disappearing from the game just because, like you said, it's boom or bust. You flip the TV on at night and you have guys, everybody, it seems like everyone throws 100 now. Yep. Um, you know, I don't know if that's, if that's the radar guns or these guys are actually throwing a hundred, but I mean, I could count on, you know, one hand, how many guys that I played with that actually threw a hundred. And now it's just, it's like the run of the mill guy throws a hundred and one with a 90 mile an hour slider. I mean, it's just, it's just unheard of. And, and maybe it's because I'm getting old, but 20 years ago, I can ensure you that guys were not throwing that hard and the game has changed. I mean, just for me, you know, I was a sinker ball pitcher. Right. Um, and now, I mean, it's kind of almost seems like it's frowned upon for guys to throw sinkers. Yeah. You know, that was bread and butter for me. You know, four seams were like, they didn't even want you throwing them in the bullpen. It was like, how can you get a ground ball? How can you get, how can you get this guy out in two or three pitches? Cause we don't want you throwing, you know, we don't want you throwing, you know, two, two, three, two counts, but did right, that, 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 that's what it used to be. I know, I don't know if you're familiar right. with the W and J uh, head coach. I'm blanking on his name off the top of my head, but they always preach, get a result no matter what it is. And, and I think it's three pitches or less, right? So it was less about getting the strikeout and more about just getting an out or getting a result and letting your guys do the work. And I think it's, I think it kind of stems from the fact that they're paying for strikeouts now, point blank. Right. And so people are from a very young age, even middle school, that's what they're being taught to do is strike out, strike out, strike out, because that's what's being rewarded at the upper levels. I, maybe that's just my take. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a strikeout or a home run, man. I mean, that's what people want to see. Um, so I think, I think from the, from the hitting side of it, you know, I think as a, if I, as a hitter, I mean, it's gotta, it's got there's gotta be a lot more pressure, right? There's gotta be you're not hitting bombs. You're not, you know, you're not part of the mix going forward. So, right. um, yeah, it's interesting. I don't love, I don't love where the game's going. Um, I think they need to make it, it's, it's not as fun as it used to be. Yeah. Um, it needs to be more of a sandlot game. It doesn't feel like that right now. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens with, with, with Major League Baseball over the next couple of years. I agree. And, you know, kind of what will happen with it. I, I have my ideas per se. So I think what the MLB is missing is urgency. I think 162 games is ridiculous. Here's my pitch. Cut it in half. Give me 80 to 100 games. Give me a yeah. seven-game division series, more playoff games, less regular season games. I want, I want a seven-game losing streak to be a big deal, right? Like the right. Nationals, when they won the World Series, great for them. And some people will use that as an argument against it. I say they were one of the worst teams in baseball the first half. I don't need to be seeing that, right? Like make a seven-game right. losing streak. That's 10% of your year. Sucks, right? So right. what are your thoughts on that? Do you agree? What would you change? All that. Um, I think statistically, I think, I mean, I love that idea, right? I mean, shorten up the season. I think it would make it more interesting. I mean, baseball season is so long. I mean, if you think about right. just from, from a playing aspect, you get there in February, you don't get home until, you know, September. If you're doing, if you're in the minors, you're doing instructs, you're not getting home until October. Oh. It's a long season. Um, yeah, I, 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 I love that idea. I just think I know the the stats, the historic, you know, statistics of baseball are some of the most coveted, you know, things in, in right. the world. So. Right, right. I don't know if they would do that. The the one thing that 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 does surprise me is I love how they have the electronic the strike zone. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think I think that going I think having the electronic 
umpire, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I think would be, would be cool. I think there's a lot of, I mean, you just turn, just turn the TV on. There's, I mean, the amount of calls that they miss. Oh, it's, it's, it's getting like to be a problem. You know, as a pitcher, you throw that high fastball that's belt high, that seems high, but it's a strike. Yeah. You know, and how many, there's so many pitches that are stolen, I think. Um, But, you know, it's, it seems like they give them back too. I just, I think they could refine the strike zone more if they wanted to. Yeah. It's an interesting idea. Uh, So, yeah, I'm I'm all for that. I know they're talking about that. I know they're talking about making the bases bigger. um, Right. Among other things. But, um, yeah, I mean, those are just a couple of things I think would be cool. Yeah, I don't like. I I never understood the whole getting the base bigger outside of safety. I guess I, I guess that makes sense, but I I don't know. Anyway, so the whole the whole sticky stuff thing kind of you know happened last season, and they're still checking guys this season. Probably will for the foreseeable future, maybe ever. I don't know. Um, right. I, my take has always been hitters can use pine tar gloves, like the rubber right. thumb guard thing, Evo shields. You name it. There's pretty much almost no rules outside of don't cork the bat, no pine tar on the barrel. Two, two rules, everything else is a go. I think pitchers right. should have something, right? Some sort of regulated substance outside of rosin. I mean, you can go buy rosin. You can use rosin for anything. I know. Um, I agree. I, I mean, I, that's that's my thought. And, and in exchange, I said, maybe let's lower the mound a little bit, right? A little more contact, especially since guys are throwing 100. Maybe maybe their, their four-seam doesn't have as much, you know, downhill right. on it, right? Guys are six seven nowadays, right? So maybe right. lower the mound, let them use a substance. That's my take. What, what, what do you say to that as a pitcher? Um, so yeah, I love the idea of, of lowering the mound. I think, you know, even, even like the idea of pushing it back a couple inches, I think would be yeah. cool too. Yeah. Um, but I know for me, we used to use, um, we used to use sun, sun tan lotion. Yeah. Sunscreen and rosin. So sunscreen and rosin. If you put a little bit of sunscreen on yeah. your fingers, you know, it's one of those things that like, it's, it's, it's so sticky to the point where you're like, you don't want to get caught with it. Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And you can, you can if you're do if you've done that for a long period of time and you've thrown a certain way, when you can't use that anymore, it really changes a lot of things. I know there was can't think of who it was, but somebody got hurt. I think they attributed to that. Um, was it Garrett Cole? I, maybe. Maybe it was. I know glass. he. Was, I know he was. Uh, yeah, I think it was Glass. Now I think you're right. So, I mean, listen, I'm sure that there's guys that are still doing stuff. You know, it's right. there's all people are getting away with stuff. I mean, whether they're checking fingers or not, I'm sure there's. They're doing. There's something going on. I just, just know it. Um, oh, absolutely. But um, yeah, learning the mound I think is cool. I think you know. I think pitchers should have. I mean, put a stand full of everything out there and let them use whatever they want. I I don't think that's you know, a bad argument either. I mean, give the fans something to 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 enjoy. Like I said, I think baseball. I mean, it's a great game, but it has gotten a little stale over time. Yeah, I agree. I, I think one thing that hasn't gotten stale is college baseball. I don't know if you've been keeping up with the regionals and supers, and I don't know what it is because the not as much. oh man, you well now that we're in the college world series, you should you should give it a watch. I mean, so I think what they're doing right is the urgency, right? And I think right. it's not it's clearly not the best product. I mean, there's four or five errors every game, right? It's not the best right. baseball product. I think it's the urgency, much like the NBA. Uh, you know, college college basketball isn't the best product, but we watch March Madness. There's urgency. Um, right. I think it's so captivating. I can't get enough of it. You didn't play in college, so I don't know if you, you know, have experienced that urgency. Um, what is it about college ball? I mean, is it just because it's everyone's fighting to get to the next level? Is that what it is? Um, yeah, I, th- I think. I think well, social media has changed everything. Right. 
you know, you can you, you can fire up Twitter and you can see, you know, JUCO, you can see Division Three, Division Two, II, Division One, and the game in the college level it looks exciting. Yeah, you got the bat flips. My son and I actually went down um, over Easter weekend, and we were coming back um, through Morgantown. We stopped and we saw um, WVU play Oklahoma State. Yeah. Oh man. And man. I'm telling you, the guy that hits cleanup for Oklahoma State. Yeah, uh, Griffin Dorshing, I think, is his name. Yeah, dude yeah. has like a white mohawk. Yeah, yep. So I've seen a lot of balls hit in my, in my life, okay? That guy hit a ball, okay, <laughs> in that game. And when I looked at my son, I said, I've never seen in my lifetime someone hit a baseball that far. <laughs> he hit it across the road at WVU Stadium. It went over the ticket booth yeah all the way across the road there's like a coals in the it landed in the parking lot over there i think i saw I it on twitter that is, yeah but it was an absolute i mean it was an absolute bomb but the, the excitement um guys were on the bases he touches him played they throw a cowboy hat on his head yeah i mean the kids it's exciting um it's it's fun and you know it's cool to watch my wife even thought it was hilarious um but you know there's there's just a lot of ex- you can just feel the excitement around the college game Right. I, I honestly, I think I enjoy watching it. I find myself the last couple of weeks just choosing that over the MLB, like I said, even though it's not the best product. But um, so so minor league baseball, something that's always puzzled me about it. I, whenever I do watch it, it, it is pretty rare, but every now and then I'll go catch a game. Maybe if I'm down at Myrtle Beach, like when the Pelicans were there, right? Or every now and then, you know, yeah. some of the playoffs or championship games will be on TV, right? They When I watch it, one thing stands out to me every time. They don't look like a collection of guys that are just trying to get to the next level, right? They look like a collective team that's working their butt off together. Like how is the dynamic in those locker rooms knowing that you're competing to the dude that might be sitting right next to you and it's, it's him or you, but you guys are still teammates. You're still brothers. How is yeah. that dynamic? Um, I think you, I think, I think like from, from a college mindset, it probably feels that way when you're looking at somebody that's, you know, that's your one shot. Right. When you're in that situation, I think you're playing not just for that team, but you're playing for all the different teams. Um, if you, if you do well, I mean, there's every night in the minor leagues, there's, you know, three or four scouts at every one of your games who are, you know, looking, they're always scouting, looking for, for players and, you know, the classic player to be named later. Yeah. And that's, that happened to me almost on every team that I was on, you know, you'd hear about a, a major league trade and there'd be a player to be named later and show up at the ballpark the next morning and someone, somebody's gone, Yeah, you know, and that's the scouts that are in the stand during those games. Um, that you don't see when you're out there performing. But, um, yeah, I don't think anybody – I don't ever – you know, there was never one time in my career that I looked at somebody beside me and said, man, like, I just – you know, I wish you weren't – I wish you weren't here. Because right. Because you're holding me down, you know. Yeah. Um, really, you just have to be – you know, take accountability for everything you put out there. At the end of the day, I, I truly believe, like, at the end of the day, like, if you are good enough um, – you'll you'll get the opportunity or you'll hang around for a long time or if you can hang around for as long as you want but um you know you just you never know competition is what it is at that level there's so much of it you just kind of become numb to it right that makes sense i mean plus people tell i think i feel like you thrive on competition a little bit so i guess that makes sense um so you said you roomed with neil for a little while first of all how was that how was he behind the scenes because you know, in person, he's real buttoned up, right? He he always says the right thing, real buttoned yeah. up, you know, real uh, classy guy, I guess. I don't know. How was how was rooming with him? 
Uh, Neil's a great dude. I I'm I still talk to Neil every now and again. I just saw him at the uh, there's a coffee shop by our house. We where I'm actually building a new house. Neil actually lives in the neighborhood below me. Yeah. Um. So you know we kind of run to the same people, and and Neil's brother's um, son is actually on my my son's travel team. So um, Neil's a good dude. I mean we. We, we spent a couple, I think, an instructs or two together, and then I got put on a rehab stint when I was in Altoona, and I actually lived with Neil for a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, Neil's a great dude, man. I mean, he's he's the Pittsburgh kid. I mean, he he um, he did it right, man. He, he I mean, there's some guys you just know are going to make it. He's, he's one of those guys. You know, he worked his butt off, and, um, you know, he just kept fighting, kept fighting, and then he got his opportunity, and he seized it, so – Neil's a great dude. I get nothing but nothing but good good things to say about Neil. Was there anything specifically that stood out to you about him that uh, kind of made him, you know, be the 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 cream that rises to the top? You know what I mean? Was there something non baseball related about him? He's you know, just how consistent. he prepared. Consistent. Neil was consistent man. Yeah. I mean, he would. You know, Neil could go for four, and then you just knew the next night Neil was going two for four or two for three. Right. You know, it was just he he was just so consistent over time. You know, for some of us, you know, like myself, like one day you have it and then the next two times you don't and you can't really put a finger on why. Right. Um, but guys like Neil, you know, he always had it. It was just a matter of, you know, him him getting there. Um, and, and that goes for another thing is there's – I always look at um, guys that I played with that, that made it to the major leagues. There's guys that are like A-level talents that you see for the first time and you're like, wow. Like right, you when you see this, like Andrew McCutcheon, I when we were in Hickory, the first time I saw him play, I was like, "What? Wh- why isn't this? Why is this guy here?" Yeah, because I mean, he hit. Actually, first time I saw him was in Williamsport. Um, he gets called up, and we're we're like down in the bullpen, like warming up for the game, and he gets there, and honestly, he looks like a child, like like a ba- like a baby, like he's. Not 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 too tall, and then I remember my manager at the time, Tom Prince, was like, "Wait till you see this kid play," and we were all just kind of suspect. And then his first at bat, I will never forget this. He gets up and shoots a ball down the right field line, and he, I'd never seen anyone run like that. Yeah, I mean his speed when he was younger. I mean he's still really fast, but man, you like picked your head up, and he was almost to third base, and it was just. It's the most unbelievable thing I, I'd ever seen. Um, but just there's a there's a level talents, there's there's B level talents, and then there's everything else in between. You have your grinder types um, that get there. But Neil, I mean Andrew McCutcheon, I mean those guys are all, all in the same boat. You just you just know they're going to make it. It's just a matter of when. Right, it's kind of crazy. You, you mentioned his speed. If, if he's like transitioning into like more of a power hitter now, right? He's hitting. Yeah. He's like DHing for the Brewers. His power numbers are up. The past couple of years they've been up. It's kind of crazy, watching the yeah. progression of his career. Yeah. Um, and he's another one, like another stand-up guy. I mean, he's a great dude. Um, I don't keep up with him as much. Um, I haven't seen him for a long time, but I mean, just you know, work ethic. But he's one of those guys. He just had. It. He just he had it. Yeah. I mean, he was born to play baseball, that guy. Right. Uh, so there was, was, you know, fun to, fun to get to spend a couple of years with him. So, so we've had, um, Steve Gridley, Jason, Jason Gridley's dad. We've also had Jason on, uh, yeah, way, 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 yeah, way back when you probably, 
Um, mm-hmm. know him. He's more of a local guy. He stayed around fairly local um, mm-hmm. after he's played. But uh, we've also had Matt Wood on the show. I don't know if you've heard of him. Catcher at Penn State, yep. PR yep. grad, animal, right? So I was talking to Matt about what what is it about being like when you're on a hot streak, right? He I think he had a 26 game hitting streak this year, and he was like it has nothing to do with physical like things. It's all mental. He said. He said, I walk to the plate knowing I'm better than the pitcher, and that makes him scared. He'll make a mistake, and I know I'll hit it. And the same thing, Steve and Jason said the pitching in general was really, really mental. Think back to like a time in your career where you had four or five outings in a row where you were just money, right? Was it something different you did, or was it truly just physical? Um, or mental, I'm sorry, which is truly it's, mental. It's, for, me, for me, it was always mental. Right. I mean, it was, it was a, mostly mental. I mean, partly physical. I mean – it took me, I mean, probably to like five years ago to figure out how to take care of my body well enough um, to keep weight on, to you know, be physical enough to pitch 162 games. Right. Um, but w- when you're going good, you're not thinking about it. You know, you're just you're just taking the ball. You're not thinking. You're just going out there and you're throwing. Yeah. Um, for me, it was always, you know. <laughs> For me, it was just it, it was always just being consistent with my delivery, you know. And I didn't have bad mechanics, but just just staying consistent, not overthinking it. Um, right. And I had good stuff. I mean, low nineties up to mid nineties with, you know, good hard slider. I mean, you can look at my statistics. I was I was able to throw. I was able to when I could get you to two strikes, I could I could get you out. It was just a matter of getting there. Right. You know. Um, so, yeah, when you're going good, there's no thought process behind it. You're just picking it up and chucking it. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes sense. I, I just I know I know a lot of pitchers, pitching coaches, coaches in general like that. I think they call it like a bulldog mentality on the mound where it's, you know, mm-hmm. Jared Hughes running out of the pen looking like he's going to, you know, yeah. run through a wall. Yeah. Um, so, I, I guess that makes sense with the whole mental thing. Yeah. Jared and I um, – so, I know J- Jared and I were on, a, on several teams together, and our stuff was very similar. Um, he was just six nine, and he could throw huge. Right <laughs> yeah, he's a crazy guy, man. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, for a while I, too. I think Jared was when he ended up pitching twelve years in the big leagues, something like that. He was he was one of my favorite people to watch pitch because, especially you know, he'd he'd have a good outing or whatever. You know, he'd come in three in relief and strike out like four or something like that. Yeah. Um, and they'd interview him after, and it's night and day. I mean, he's the most like joyful happy really like is. nice dude yeah, ever right. on the mound and run into the mound i <laughs> looks like he's gonna yeah. like actually kill somebody that's what he looks like yeah he's a great person too i mean you run into that guy in giant eagle and he'll talk to you for half an hour yeah uh, yeah good for him happy for him so i just recently so i was actually i heard neil speak today at the at the one little baseball camp i was at I came and talked to all the little campers or whatever and he um for the first time ever i didn't know that he was committed to clemson or at least that that's where he was going to go and he yeah. said that today um obviously you had a bunch of duels with him in high school right because i think he just graduated a year after you is that right well i graduated yeah i graduated the year after neil okay Um, you were the year after neil so the interesting thing is is we played them every year and i never pitched i never faced him that's upsetting that that'd have been a well it was always at the time pine richland was never what they are now they were always i think either a double a or or a maybe even when they weren't single i I think he might have been triple by then I don't know. They were definitely double, probably. They were. I think they were a double A school. They were never a even an ex. They were an exhibition game for us at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I mean, I think the one year we played them, he pitched against us. You know, I just, 
no offense to Pine Richland, but I wasn't pitching in an exhibition game against them right in those days. Right, that makes sense. So, um, yeah, Neil Neil did Neil signed with Clemson, right? Yeah, I, I guess so. That's what he said. And yeah. I was going to ask, did, did were you signed anywhere before you got drafted? Were you committed anywhere? So I had, so I I came on. I didn't come on late. I just I really I didn't do any of the showcases or anything. Yeah. Um, so like at the end of my junior year, I'm good friends with um, Matt Clement. Actually, Matt and I still talk to this day. Right. Um, but he he set me up with this guy. Um, it's called his name was Joe Wadica, and we did I did the showcase at Slippery Rock. Yeah. And the videotape, and Joe sent this video out of me to like 700 different schools. Um, but that day I was felt good. I touched like 92, and nobody had ever heard of me. The next week. I had like 25 offers. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm not talking like I had like Coastal Carolina. I had South Carolina. I had all these big. Yeah, the I mean, big Southern, you know. Yeah. So my I took one of my official visits. The first, the first, the guy, Gary Gilmore was his name. I think he might still be the Coastal. But he called me and we, we took my first official visit down there. And I was going to go there because they were going to let me play football as well yeah um and you know we just kind of i didn't like i didn't we didn't know what, what we were getting into so i just kind of waited you know right. i was like i don't feel super comfortable about this and then we waited and waited and we ended up getting i think i probably had like 20 to 30 offers when it was all said and done um but honestly at the time like my dad was working in a steel mill my mom was a teacher's aide so we didn't have you know we didn't have the resources so i took the best offer that I got and it was from Marshall. Okay. Um, um, and the reason why I signed with Marshall over, I mean, people would say, why would you sign with Marshall over South Carolina? Well, for my parents, they were, it was going to be, you know, thousands of dollars out of pocket. And then probably eventually for me. So Marshall was school that really, really wanted me. Um, and we took a visit down there. It was closer than, you know, coastal. It really came down to Marshall and coastal. Yeah. It was close enough that my parents could drive to see me. Um, they really, you know, I really feel like, felt like they wanted me. They were ensuring me that they were going to give me the ball over the weekends or during the week. Yeah. I was going to get the reps that I needed to get better. Um, and to be honest, I mean, by the time after I got drafted, it was damn near a full scholarship. And then, you know, once I got picked and there was a little more, you know, my name was out there. It was pretty much a full ride. So we, we, you know, it was a no brainer for me. Yeah. Do you ever, so, do you ever regret not going? All the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's hard because I mean, I, I don't like, I don't, I don't have any regrets about it all. Right. Um, but looking back on it, I mean, where I'm at now with, with my life, I would have, you know, if it was my son, I would say, Hey, you know, if they're not, they're not giving you, you know, at least seven figures, you're not going. Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> seriously, I mean, you're not crazy. Because, I mean, call by the time that these kids, by the time these kids go to school, it's going to cost, you know, $400,000 the way things are going. Right. Um, but no, I don't, I don't really, I don't think I, I don't, I don't have any regrets about it. Um, but if I would have went to school, I probably would have got drafted. I mean, by the time I was 21 in the minor leagues, I was throwing a lot harder. Yeah. It was a lot bigger. It was more refined. Um, and and it's sometimes I think 
if I would have went to, to college, I would have got more reps than I actually did in the pros. Right. I mean, uh, it's not crazy. That makes sense. So I think as an 18 year old kid to walk into that, it's really hard. Yeah. I was just about to ask, I mean, what, what's that like? I mean, me at 17, I was like, maybe 150. Brutal. I mean, seriously. Yeah, it's brutal. And and like when I got drafted, I think, I think I was 178 pounds. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're walking in. I remember the first, first time I got there, first of all, there were all the players were Dominican. Okay. So nobody was speaking English. There was like three or four American guys there. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. You know, and then you start to find out, you know, what this is really all about. Um, so I forget where we were going with this, but um, it's uh it's really, a, it's a culture shock is what it is. Yeah. You know, walking in there as an 18 year old kid, if you're not, if you don't have life experience, it can be a, it, it can be a really intimidating thing. Yeah. I mean, well, I would caution any kid out there. If you're listening or you listen to this, if you're not, if you are just even slightly, you know, still calling your mom for stuff, don't <laughs> go play pro baseball. Cause it's going to get, it's going to get a hundred times worse. I can promise you. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. Kids listening. Uh, advice yeah. there from a, from a former minor leaguer, uh, Jake Kaufman. Oh, we, we really appreciate you, man. Stopping by and, uh, and chatting for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much. And, uh, have to do this again sometime. Yeah, for sure, man. I appreciate your time. Yeah. What's up? We are back. It is the third segment here on a Friday. Um, June 17th, we are moving through the month. Didn't get a weather report in the last segment because so obviously hot. It There's is, your weather report. It's hot. Uh, I think it, what it was sweating. Well, we're recording this on Wednesday. It was 94 today or 92 today. We have 94 tomorrow, 90 something the next day. It's hot in Pittsburgh. Um, I mean, look, it's better than cold, but it feels great. Rain. Look, I, I'm gonna understand that. It's annoying to complain about the weather all times of the year. Because when you're cold, you're like, oh, freezing cold. Well, then shut up when it's summer, right? Or when in the summer you're, you're sweating, oh, I'm so hot. Well, then shut up when it's cold. Right. So I'm going to give over my right to complain about it being hot because I complain so much when it's cold. Yeah, yeah. I would say, like, fall and spring are definitely my favorites. People always focus on the polars, you know. Yeah. The, the really, really cold or the really, really, really hot. You're more of a middle guy. Love fall. Love fall. I mean, it's just so good. Plus, you got hunting season. Hunting in season fall? in the fall. Sweater weather oh. in the fall. Flannel Fridays come back in the fall, baby. Are you kidding me? Like Nice bowl of soup. Oh, God. Nice, great bowl of soup. Oh. Great. There's just so many things I don't drink or eat. Like, so, you know, hot, like hot things that I just cut out of my diet for yeah. you know like six months out of the year yeah. soup hot coffee the occasional hot cocoa yeah not a tea guy but uh, well to me soup is a is definitely like a top three meal and uh speaking of top three let's go with the winners and losers uh of the nfl offseason we're going to give you the top three who we feel has won the most in this offseason uh the franchises the teams obviously and then the uh three that we feel have lost uh this offseason so let's um, let's go into number one. Let's go with the Eagles. Um, I get, I, I give them like a four out of five stars, right? I, I love, um, the trade for AJ Brown, right? That's a big time. He's a, I think he's a one receiver. I think he's, I personally think he's a one. I think he's got the, 
demeanor and mentality of a one with the skill. He's big, he's strong, he can go up and make catches great after the catch. Yeah. Rarely hurt. Love A.J. Brown, the go sign. Hassan Reddick, who's been an underrated pass rusher the last four to five years. Um, I love the Nicobe Dean draft pick. Obviously the Jordan David or Jordan Davis draft pick. James Bradbury in the secondary. I mean, they, they've added a lot of really good high-end pieces. Absolutely. Um, and I do hesitate with Jalen Hurts. I think that's why they're not a 5 out of 5, right? I think if you go make a splash at quarterback, yeah. you're a 5 out of 5. Or, not that Adrian Brown's not more of a splash, but you'll see when we get to, spoiler, the Raiders, when they made their splash in the receiving core, I weigh that a little bit heavier. Right, because of, you know... Right. We, we all know what the Raiders did in signing Devontae Adams. We're not going to talk about that yet. Right. But I love the A.J. Brown pickup. I think that is the that's the best move they made the entire offseason, being able to acquire him. And they did it quietly, too. Yeah. I mean, like, just, you know, a little, little swap and, and picks and, and snag A.J. Brown to kind of put some decoration on that offense, at least a little bit to... I mean, to carry some of the weight because Jalen Hurts is Jalen Hurts. Um, he's not the most accurate, so now you go get a guy that, you know what, it doesn't really matter. He's going to make him look great. Got a really nice catch radius, strong hands, can go up and high point the football. I agree. Plus, he can turn like a slant into like a 75-yard touchdown oh any time, right? So fast. You know, don't make Jalen Hurts have to make 12, 13 play drives, right? Get yeah. him in a, a one or two play big hitter, right? Um, okay, winners. Uh, another winner here. We'll do all the winners, then we'll get to the losers, right? So let's go with the Raiders um, for winner number two. Like I said, you get Devontae Adams. If I had to give it a star, I'd probably go four out of five again. Um, first of all, I think Chandler Jones is a top five pass rusher. Mm, I might go five out of five. Oh, man. It's got to be five. Yeah, it's got to be five. The graphics right here. We just finalized it. Five out of five. <laughs> um, here's the thing. I think the, most, the two most important positions outside of quarterback – our wide receiver and edge rusher right now. Yeah. Um, and so, first of all, they re-signed Derek Carr. Boom, you got the most important position. You go get the best wide out in football to go along, one of the best tight ends and one of the best slot guys in football. Really good. And then you go out and get a top... Go look at the stats. Chandler Jones is like third or fourth in sacks over the last like eight years or something like that. Um, really consistent. He'll, always, he'll give you like 13, 14 sacks every year, year in, year out. Doesn't get hurt a lot. Super Very consistent, reliable, yeah. a veteran to go across from Max Crosby. So you get the three most important positions, and not only do you just get guys there, you get high-end talent you there. Get some dogs, yeah. That for me, that's a five out of five. Now I, I'd worry about the division, but then again, the Rams were in the toughest division too. You know what I mean? And they won a Super Bowl. So I don't. I mean, you, you're either going to rise up with the pieces and the talent that you've built, or you're not. And I think it's uber important for the Raiders, especially in the situation they're in. I mean, you brought it up. No lie, they're in the AFC West. I'd say that is by far the most competitive division. I was having this conversation literally earlier today with someone. The AFC West is the most competitive division in all of football. I don't think it's that close. I agree, and I think it comes on to quarterback play, and Derek Carr's a pretty good one. Um, okay, let's go with the Broncos, another team in their division. Unfortunately for Derek Carr and others, uh, Russell Wilson just got out of the division. I'll give yeah. a 5 out of 5 to the Broncos. First of all, they completely rebuilt their defensive line. They added a pass rusher. They added a run stopper. So now you have one of the most important positions, edge rusher, locked up. He can stop the run. They have good youth in the secondary, so they'll be good for a while. We mentioned, I talked about safeties earlier. They have a really, really good one. You add Russell Wilson. They have pretty good weapons on the outside, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, etc., um, you know, I don't love that they lost Noah Fant, but I thought he was a little overrated anyway. I think their backup should, you know, if he's 75% of Fant, I think they'll be happy with it. 
You got two good backs, an improving offensive line, and you get a, a young offensive head coach. Absolutely. For me, you check every box, right? You, you made the pivot to defense to offense. You go get the quarterback. You get a pass rusher, and you have good weapons. I, that, 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 for me, is a 5 out of 5. If we're playing the box check game, they got them all checked. I will say the Eagles make a case for a 5 out of 5. I just worry about the quarterback, right? I, I, I don't blame them for not moving off Hurts, but I think if they did and got a better quarterback— now, granted, the Deshaun thing would have, would have backfired, but, I mean, right now, you put Jimmy G on that roster, what do you think? I think they're, I think they can win a playoff game. I think so. I think they win a playoff game. Yeah. With Hurts, I think they might have a chance to get there, but not win one. All right, let's flip over to the losers. The Browns just gave $230 million guaranteed <laughs> to a guy who has, I don't know, what, 26 lawsuits against him now? And the 66 private massages and mounting, it seems like. Every day you wake up, you check the news feed, there's something else. Yeah, and more info coming out. You know, transcripts and statements from the victims, stuff like that. Which is good. We need that. I agree. Um, And, oh, oh, by the way, not to mention, it gets worse. They also still on the books have Baker Mayfield's $18 million, and he's a backup. Uh, So, and I don't think... If they want to move him, if they want to trade him, they're going to have to absorb a lot of that salary. Teams have said, we're not paying his $18 million. No. If you pay 12 of it, we'll take him. If Look, they pay 12 of the 18, we'll take him. Like the Panthers right now, what they're paying to Sam Darnold, you can, and, and I don't know what Matt Cross' rookie deal is, but they have a lot of money tied up in their quarterback room yeah. for not a lot of production. You can't bring in a, an expensive guy and have like four quarterbacks deep with an expensive quarterback room when none of them stand out. No, you're right, and I think the... The biggest problem with Baker is he—he's a liability in the Personally. team room. Right. Yeah. I mean, just he's, he's a toxic individual. Uh, we've seen it multiple times. It's not a secret. It's not like some breaking hot take uh, to to say that Baker is. And he put himself in this position, too. Uh, he has given himself no market by being the way that he is. Uh, he's a talented enough quarterback, I think, to do really well uh, with Carolina. And we talked about that a little bit. I mean, I, I think it'd be good there, but the Browns are going to have to eat a lot of money either way, and then they're going to be left with what to start? They, they, you don't have Deshaun, you don't have Baker. They, Jacoby Brissett right now would start. I, I throw see, him in. Here, here would be my thing if I was Baker. I'd go to the Browns and say, I will start the first blank games of the season at the trade deadline. You deal me. Deal? Cool. Good. Browns would love to get eight, nine starts out of them. Deal him at the deadline. Baker will rise his stock. They'll get more for him. Baker will go to maybe not a better team, but a team that will start him. Baker, love it. Maybe rises his stock. Depends on how he plays. We'll see. Um, another loser here. Let's go with the Cowboys. They lose um, their best receiver, their best, their second best pass rusher, two of their top three linemen. Um, Zeke's aging another year. So is um, Tyron Smith. Like I just don't really see it. No. And I think you needed to make a change at head coach. You didn't. I don't love what they've done. Um, oh, in a oh I, spots. sorry, I forgot to say the Browns. The Browns, I'll give them a two out of five because I think they at least tried to upgrade. Backfired, sucks for them, but they at least tried. Um, let's go with the the Cowboys. One, one. Yeah, you overpaid a quarterback, you overpaid a running back, and now here we are. Um, let's go with the Packers. I'll give the Packers a two. Yeah. I will say, pretty good draft, and they have acquired some decent talent around them. And I think they still need to go get a wide receiver, but. At the end of the day, you locked up the best, one of the best quarterbacks in the game. Um, you had a decent draft, but of course, you lose Devontae Adams. You still haven't acquired another number one wide receiver in an increasingly offensive, dependent league. Not sure how that's going to work. I, I I don't love the direction of the franchise. A lot of their stars outside of Jair Alexander are aging. They, they a lot of money in running back. Like I just, I'm not a huge fan of what they've done. No. 
two yeah like two out of five feels about right for me yeah i think so So. uh that is just about all we all we have for this episode uh thank you for stopping by be sure to check it out next week we have a little special something to release uh so make sure you're subscribing on youtube following on instagram follow on twitter all of our social media can be found in the link in the description below no matter where you're watching it is everywhere uh guys thank you so much for listening to the issue